our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello, Simran. How are you doing? Hi, Sonia. I am doing well. I just want to take a second to tell our listeners a little story about what happened yesterday with our flight. So a little bit about us. We have been spending a lot of time traveling together in North America and we got on a flight yesterday. Well, we were about to get on a flight yesterday. We sit down, we're ready to go. And I just want to speak about, we're we're just so different. Like, we get on the flight, we're about to leave, and the captain comes out and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, I have some like, he's just basically like, I have bad news. There's like a valve that's broken and you all have to like get off the plane. And any normal person was like, yep, okay, we'll get off the plane and we'll sit nearby the, what is it? Like the lounge, the gate, because they might update us. And then they said, you know what, we'll give you an update in an hour. So we had the bright idea of going away to eat because we were like an hour that means food, right? And then we like leisurely made our way back after an hour and there was no one at the gate. There was a different flight time at the gate. And we were just like, where is our plane? Where was our plane, Simran? Do tell. While we were having lunch, there were these like shuttles moving around and Sonia's like, you know what? I bet you they're going to put us on a shuttle and like send us off to another terminal. And I was like, no, it would be the same plane. And we turn up and they're like, oh no, you have to take a little bus, a little shuttle. We get to the shuttle spot and there's no one else there. There's an empty shuttle and we're like, the plane has left us. And then we get on the shuttle and like Sonia is there stressing her life away. The thing about my stress is that I just go mute. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, I was sitting there, I had my hands clasped together and Sim was just making dumb little comments about everything. She's just like, do you know what's really funny? That plane kind of looks like the plane that we were on and it's literally about to take off, which is in no way, shape or form helpful to the situation. And I remained quiet. Anywho, on this little shuttle bus, we're the only two on there. I got a call from the airlines and they were like, hi, Sonia, or like they pronounced my name Sonia in America. And I was like, hi. And they were like, where are you? And I was like, we are literally on the bus making our way to this gate. Don't worry. We will be there. Please don't move. I just want to give some context around my comments. (laughs) And now that I hear it back, I'm like, okay, I see it. But I did say, hey, I don't want to be a 
terrible person, but like that plane kind of looks like it's leaving. I love and- a good disclaimer before you go say the most useless thing in a stressful situation after knowing me for 20 years. She was having the time of her life. I was having the time of my life. To me, it was like, we're going to get on a plane at some stage, like somehow, some way. It's a two-hour flight. If we don't catch this one, we'll catch another one. And Sonia was like this little ball of stress and I was just smiling. And she was like, what are you smiling about? And I was like, this TikTok song. And she was like, no, just like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Bless herself. Thankfully, we get off the bus and the gate is like a two second walk to our gate. And we go to the flight attendants and we're like, we're so sorry that we're late. And they were like, look, it was supposed to take off at 8am. So you're fine. And I was like, are we like super late? Have people been waiting? And they were like, well, you are the last to board, but who doesn't like a grand entrance? And I was like, great with those people it's always been a fear of mine to be the people that hold up an airplane but once we sat down they were like all right everyone's here like we can (laughs) close the door and I was like please kill me like just put me out of my misery yeah it was an interesting experience my theory about sim's dumb little comments is that she kept saying over and over again should we just get like a day pass to the airline lounge she wanted to experience the lounge interesting what perspective is because to me I was like look if we get stuck here let's just have fun like let's make a day out of it whereas you were like I want to get home right now like I need to get to Canada straight away and if I miss this plane like I'm gonna die and we live to tell the tale now talking about good leadership let's start uh, start diving into the podcast of the day this episode is something that has come from the recent news that has been floating around around the amazing work that Patagonia is doing. And given that some of our most recent episodes were about some brands that we didn't love, aka Elon Musk's brands and some leadership that we weren't a fan of, we thought it would probably make sense to balance out the negativity that we've put out into the world with some positivity, some leadership that we do love. And I just want to say, growing up, I didn't know what Patagonia was. I wasn't a fan of it. I'd never heard of it. Patagonia for me used to be like finance bro jackets, like a finance bro in a vest by Patagonia. And that didn't really resonate with me. I'm not a finance bro. I don't, you know, wear that kind of clothing and I'm not an active person. So I didn't actually see it. And so when I heard about Patagonia, I was like, wait, what on earth is this company and what are they doing? Let me just give you a little bit of background because they've done some amazing work, but you need to know the context around how it started to, I guess, appreciate where it is now, especially with the recent use. So a little bit about Yvonne Chouinard, who is the founder of Patagonia. He didn't actually set out to be a business owner, funnily enough. He just wanted to explore the world. He was like this active rock climber, hiker dude who started rock climbing and hiking from the age of 14. Honestly, what a man. And what he would start to notice is that he would have like rock climbing equipment that was damaging the rocks. Not a lot of people would do much about that. They'd be like, oh, that sucks. Whoops. Like I scratched a rock. He was like, no, let me make aluminium equipment that doesn't damage the environment. And he started making that for himself. And so you can kind of understand the mindset behind this man. He was like, I don't want to make good equipment for the world. I want to make good equipment that 
doesn't damage the world. That was his ethos. And so he started Chenard Equipment, which was the predecessor of Patagonia. And the idea behind all of the catalogs and all of the outfits that they were making in the equipment was that it was just on clean rock climbing, like climbing in a way that did not hurt anyone. In 1973, then Patagonia was born and the name comes from the glaciers and fjords and sort of the peaks come from South America. So that's the name. I've always wondered where it was from, but it makes sense. And when he was rock climbing, he used to wear rugby jerseys and it was just like a trend that he started. He just found them comfortable and everyone else started wearing highly decorated rugby jerseys too. And it was just like this hot thing that he got into. And so he was like, you know what? Why not like make some and sell some to people? So he was getting jerseys from England. He was getting some from New Zealand. He was getting some from Argentina. They started selling out. And so he saw clothing as a way to support the equipment that they were selling. And they were just continuing to grow very quickly in the 1970s and 80s. Long story short, Patagonia has become now one of the world's strongest outdoor brands. They have created a lot of movement, but I want to now fast forward to current times. So fast forward to September 2022. He has created an empire for himself. He is billionaire status and he released a statement on Patagonia's website and it's titled, The Earth is Our Only Shareholder. And it is a beautiful statement. He actually hand wrote the letter and you can see it in the background of the statement on the website. I highly recommend checking it out. It is just patagonia.com forward slash ownership. Essentially, the letter, it's an open letter to let everyone know that him and his family's future plans and how they're planning to structure the company after he's passed and what he's going to do. And in the letter, he does explain that he did think about selling his company and then just um, giving the profits away to charity. And he just outright stated that he would never be able to trust like the next owner of the company to kind of put environmentalism and the planet at the center of everything that they do. Now, instead, what he's going to do is he's going to give all his voting shares and it's going to go to a new trust that will protect the company's values. So voting share, um, now voting shares are just shares that give the stockholder the right to vote on certain matters. Chenard and his family, they donated 2% of all of company stock and all of decision-making authority to a trust that will oversee Patagonia's mission and values. And that really just, I guess, ensures and provides that safety net for them leaving the company. The other 97% of Patagonia's stock, they're going to go to a nonprofit called the Holdfast Collective, which, quote, will use every dollar received to fight the environmental crisis protect nature and biodiversity and support thriving communities as quickly as possible. Yuvan has worked with his wife, his two children and a team of corporate lawyers to create a structure that will keep Patagonia as a for-profit company whose proceeds will go to benefit environmental efforts and the structure that they've designed is to avoid selling the company or taking it public which could mean that it would have 
have a change in values. I also wanted to include another quote from the statement that he made on his website because it's really impactful. And he says that instead of going public, you could say we're going to purpose. Instead of extracting value from nature and transforming it into wealth for investors, we'll use the wealth Patagonia creates to protect the source of all wealth. And in conclusion, I think he's just thinking about the greater impact even after he's gone and he's really put these steps into action before he gets older and before potentially he has less of a hand in his decision making as well. I also just love that he surrounds himself like him and his family and his lawyers that are working with him they're all on the same page to making all of this possible people that are listening at home might be like wait like Sonia said that he might he's not going to take a public that you've heard that correctly Patagonia is in fact a private company which means that we can't buy Patagonia shares like you and me uh, if you have an S&P 500 you know ETF Patagonia isn't on there And the thing with the CEO is that most of the time, if you are a founder, one of the goals that founders have is they will make a company to then take it public because when they sell their shares, that's when they make the biggest profit of their lives. And oftentimes you'll have people that will literally start a company just to sell it, just to have an IPO and then like jump out and that's their like life sorted. So that's why it's a big deal. He's saying, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to give it away. A lot of people have said, well, you know, he's just doing it to avoid tax. He's just doing it because he saves like billions of dollars in tax bills by not selling his shares. I think people forget to mention it also means he's not taking that money to pay zero dollars in tax comes from having zero dollars in profit. So he's not owning that money. He's putting some in a trust and I'm sure his family will benefit from that later down the track, but he's saying, I don't want it. And 97%, 98% going towards that nonprofit, pretty, pretty good stuff. Now, even though Patagonia is not a publicly traded company that we can invest in, there are still four reasons why we can personally get behind them. My first one is their strong brand mission on environmental impact. So they used to have this sort of model around build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. So that was their first mission. And it was a mouthful. It wasn't um, easy to talk about. And they've moved away from that and they've gone into something very simple. Their mission is that Patagonia is in the business to save our home planet. And that is important to me because when you run a brand that has a clear mission that everyone can understand and be a part of, something that you can explain to a five-year-old, for example, that to me means that company is all heading in one direction and it's a clear direction. One of the things with Patagonia is they even hire people based off their commitment to that mission statement. So if you are someone that is there just for a job, but you don't necessarily believe in the impact of Patagonia, that's not necessarily a bad thing in my mind. But for them, it's like, no, everyone has to truly believe in what we stand for. And you're going to have a lot more impact if 100 people are going in the same direction than like 50% of them believing in the mission and 50% of them being there because they just can. 
They've done so much work around the environment from things like, you know, in 88, they helped to restore the Yosemite Valley. They use recycled materials primarily in their clothing. They have a lifetime return and repair on their equipment. They'd rather you come back and fix what you have as opposed to just buying another cheap jacket off them. They've donated over $90 million in grassroots activist organizations over the past 35 years. They've done community projects. But the thing that I really love about them is they walk the walk as opposed to talk the talk when it comes to environmental impact. Like you see so many brands do what's called greenwashing where they say we care about the environment or we're carbon neutral or we're trying to be carbon neutral and they've done nothing along those lines. Patagonia literally shares their patented product innovations like biorubber to other companies and they would rather have other companies use biorubber and use their projects that help make the environment better than say, no, no, we're the best at it and we'll hold it to ourselves. They even share their business strategies like their micro solar power generation products with people out there just so that we have more of it because the more, the better, right? They don't worry about the future of their competition. They worry about the future of the environment and that's something I can get behind. They've got a great marketing strategy. The truth is you could be the most wholesome, well-intentioned, genuine company in the world, but if you can't market that correctly to the right people, it like falls on deaf ears. You could be putting honestly billions of dollars into making sure the environment is taken care of. But if not a single consumer knows that and gets that and believes that, then you're not actually selling your product correctly. And that's what they're technically in the business for. You know, you can tell me all day long that you care about the environment, but you're still selling clothes to me. And so they once came out with a legendary campaign. And if you are from a marketing background, you'll know this one very well. In 2011, Thanksgiving was coming up and they put out this like audacious ad that was just one of their best-selling jackets and this like plain black and white text above it that said, don't buy this jacket. The ad, like the fine print of it said that we want you to buy less and reflect before you spend a dime. And it was around the idea, even back in 2011, around consumer consumption and overconsumption that we have as a society, especially around that time of year before Christmas. And the ad was like, look at the cost of the environment. This is our best-selling fleece jacket, but please reconsider before buying our products and instead opt for used Patagonia jackets. So that's what the ad was about. Whether this was in spite of the ad or because of the ad, their company actually saw its revenue grow about 30% in 2012, the year after, and then another 5% the year after that. By Six years after that ad, the company had reached a billion dollars in sales. And you might say, oh, was this like an anti-marketing ad? Like, don't do it, therefore people do it. Maybe, we'll never know what people really thought of it. But at the end of the day, they were brave enough to put out a campaign around stop buying our stuff, this is bad for the environment. And that just at the end of the day, they were brave enough to come out with a marketing campaign that made it very clear what they stand for and who they're targeting and what they're about. And that 
makes a lot of sense. When I see brands that understand their customer, when I see that their messages resonate with the, you know, environmental conscious and sort of upscale consumers that they see as their target audience, that to me means that not only are they making good products, not only are they caring for their environment, not only is is their leadership good, but they're relaying that message very clearly and effectively to the right people. And that is my last reason why I love them. I love that. I think people underestimate the power of marketing because you're right. Like if you have good leadership, good intentions, but you have zero marketing skills, then how are people supposed to like know about you and purchase because they align with your values, right? And take a shot every time Sonia says align with your values in this episode, by the way don't, you'd be dead. One of the reasons that I love Patagonia as well is because they really put workers' rights and wages at the forefront of their mission as well, which is very important to me. Patagonia is actually staffed by people from different walks of life, from the people that make their clothing to the people that are in their marketing teams, in their offices, to leadership. And Patagonia's workforce is actually a 50-50 split between women and men. And they work with the Footprint Council to ensure that their workforce earns fair wages. And fair wages is a topic of conversation for a lot of companies and for a lot of people, because I think fair wages is just minimum wage to people. But for me, it's a living wage. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increase revenue, expanded reach and enhance customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Like what are the living costs of that country? What does it take for someone to one, pay their bills, but also to be able to afford the life that they want to lead and to be fairly compensated? So they actually work with the Fair Labor Association and they offer fair trade certification for factory workers as well. And what I love is that they continuously are working to improve their wages. It's not like a one and done deal or it's not like a fixed rate that they increase people's wages by. They're continually looking at like what's changing in their workers' countries' economies and how they can help, which is huge. And they also offer cash bonuses. They provide health programs to all workers throughout its supply chain and have other benefits like they ensure that their workplace safety protocols are in place and are getting quality checked. They offer childcare benefits and on-site daycare and just a whole bunch of other the benefits that will 
add to employee engagement and livelihood on top of working for a company that is so for their ethos. So that is one of the reasons I'm a huge fan of Patagonia. It's interesting when you first started the episode and you were talking about context, I also had to think about what did I think of Patagonia? And to be honest with you, I was really aware of like other brands and I went on like a high school mission to Vietnam and Laos. So I was so aware of like this equipment and I remember being in high school, obviously I didn't have a lot of money and seeing Patagonia and being like, that is so expensive. I really just can't afford that right now. And now I'm 26 and I just want to go out and buy a jacket right now because I'm so for this company and what they stand for. It just goes to show that you, when it comes to a world that is so, I guess just consumed by consumption and material things, like we really have a say in where our money goes. And I think people forget that and just taking the time to like budget for maybe one more expensive jacket where I know that this jacket, the money that I'm spending on this jacket, one, it's made ethically, two, the workers are getting paid appropriately and three like some of that profit goes back to the environment which is what I also am you know passionate about it just makes those decisions a whole lot easier and I'm not seeing the price point I'm seeing the impact of me buying that jacket rather than just spending $400 on a jacket honestly I might just send that last clip to Patagonia itself and be like, you guys are kind of cool. (laughs) That's amazing. I do agree with you completely. And you're right. It is a high price point. If it's something that people can afford, then like you said, it becomes less about what you're spending and more about the purposeful impact. And I think you would agree with me on this. I just feel like the world for those that can afford it is shifting towards more impactful purchases than lots of like sheen hauls because you know that stuff just doesn't sit well with us anymore once you start to make a little bit more money but yeah long story short we are fans of patagonia they have done some amazing work from the get-go and they've always put the environment first when it comes to their impact and now we're seeing that patagonia is not selling their shares they're not going into the idea of let's just make a whole lot of money they're donating a good chunk of it away and putting the rest about two percent in a trust that still benefits them you know I don't want to act like the CEO is just throwing his money away there is some impact that they're having on themselves but we love them for a lot of reasons from their marketing strategy from their strong brand mission from their leadership from their workers rights and wages overall not a bad brand to look into Now, if you can't get enough of Girls That Invest, check us out on Instagram, follow our Facebook group. We've had a lot of fun in there. We have a newsletter that will also link into the bio and we have an amazing bestselling book called Girls That Invest that you can also check out. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.